Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast, where we talk about how to experience gospel freedom. Romans 6-7 says, For one who has died has been set free from sin. On today's broadcast, Mike Cleveland, founder of Setting Captives Free, shares how you can experience the freedom purchased for us by Jesus Christ at the cross. Greetings all, it's Mike Cleveland again. So glad to be with my wife Jody as we look into the Word of God together. And Jody, thank you for taking time to uh, come and share in God's Word with me again today. It is always a delight to gather around the cross of Christ and look to Him together. So thank you for having me. Okay. Well, we had looked last time at Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. We're applying these passages to marriage issues, to husbands and wives, to the brokenness that happens within a marriage when there's sexual impurity. Really, when there's any habitual sin, right? we don't have to limit it to sexual impurity. It can be any sin that's given into will weaken a marriage and we've experienced that we've also experienced and are experiencing the restoration of the gospel Amen. And, and that's what we love to share with people right so let's begin and let's read together and i think we'll just uh, read the first verse verse 6 romans 5 6 and it says you see at just the right time when we were still powerless Christ died for the ungodly. And Jody, what do you think about this verse? I, I want to point out right now that um, it says, when we were still powerless and ungodly, that's when Christ died for us. I, before I let you talk here, I want to share that this word powerless really means something to me because that's the way I was in my sin. Um, pornography and sexual impurity had so weakened me that I was powerless to defend myself against it. I truly was. I, as you know, I tried to stop. Right. Um, and, and that's a very good word to describe someone who is in bondage, who's enslaved to sexual impurity, to any sin. We become powerless against that sin and we cannot extract ourselves from it. It is important to understand this powerlessness because it applies to every single sin struggle. Sometimes when we look at another person who maybe is struggling with sexual impurity or maybe drug abuse or um, alcohol abuse or anything that maybe we can't relate to, even uh, gluttony or laziness, maybe those aren't my sin struggles. And so it's easy for me to look down on someone who has been, had, had their life ruined by those sins and and to think to myself, well, why don't you just stop doing that? And then your life would get better. And that's the flesh speaking, right? It's the natural way of thinking is to look at someone who struggles with something that we don't and to think poorly of them or to think you just need to stop doing that and you'd be all right. But when we remember our own sin struggles and we say, what is the one thing? Let me think. What is the one thing that if I try to just stop doing it, I can't? Maybe it's anger. You know, I'm angry about at my kids or I'm angry at my husband or I'm angry at my boss and I just can't stop being angry. Or 
Or maybe I justify it by saying, well, they don't deserve for me to stop being angry. They are, they deserve my anger and my wrath because of the way they've acted. But still, it's on me. I'm the one that's powerless to stop being whatever it is that I'm being, right? I can't stop being angry. I can't stop being depressed. I can't stop um, eating in secret. I can't stop whatever it is, right? Lying, uh, gossiping, whatever. It's important for us to remember that we have something that hinders us, a sin struggle that uh, entangles us, right? Because then we are able to be compassionate and to properly view our brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling in a different way but are no less powerless than we are, right? And so as we remember that powerlessness, then Christ becomes precious to us not only for ourselves, but for those around us. Yeah, that's very well said. Um, I remember, and I believe it was a man taking the United Front course, mm -hmm. uh, and he was dealing with his wife who was committing adultery. Mm -hmm. And I still remember the words, I just can't forgive her. Yeah. I just can't. Um, he said, I, I, why doesn't she just stop, you know? And we, we tried to help him understand that his statement, I just can't forgive her, helps him to identify with his wife who likewise just can't stop her sin. Right. You both need, we both, both people need the same Savior just for different things, right? Right. Yeah. And so what you said about when we recognize our powerlessness, Christ becomes precious that's what we see in this verse. Yes. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Jody, we see a problem. Mm -hmm. Powerlessness. Is that the right word? Powerless. We're powerless mm -hmm. and ungodly. Yes. We see the problem and we see the solution. Yeah. What is the solution here? Christ and his cross, his death and resurrection for us. I mean, that is the answer. It is the only, the Bible says that the message of the cross is um, powerful, right? It's, it's to those who are being saved, it is the power of God, right? And that's what we need to heal. This sin is so great. People, it's very easy to minimize it, right? We do it all the time. We justify ourselves. We minimize our sin struggles. We're like, oh, yeah, but I'm not that bad. You know, I haven't killed anybody, you know. <laughs> Right. Or maybe, you know, maybe I didn't kill, you know, uh, as graphically as someone else. That There's no um, limit on our ability to minimize our sin struggle, right? And yet, we are all equally powerless. We all need a, a Savior. We all need Jesus. And His cross is where we find the power to break those chains, to release us, to give us new life and a new spirit and a new heart that can forgive, that can be free from sexual impurity, that can love the unlovely and be compassionate and kind, right? Exactly right. Oh, the yeah. cross is the power for the powerlessness we experience yeah. in sin. The cross, because it, it targets our sin right. and it destroys our sin. 
That's what the cross does. And as long as people keep looking to the world for solutions, keep listening to counselors who want to show them all the addiction cycles and the recovery and all the worldly principles, all that does is delay the freedom of the one who is powerless. Right. Until we come to the cross and experience the power of the cross, we are powerless. Right. I, I want to use an illustration. If you remember in the book of Jeremiah, 30 chapters, God is, is lamenting and um, speaking out against the sin of Israel. For 30 chapters, he's talking about the idolatry of Ephraim, his son. He's talking about the waywardness, the backsliding, the disobedience, the rebellion of of, Ishmi, of uh, Israel, uh, God's son. And then we come to chapter 31, and God says, Is not Ephraim my dear son, the child in whom I delight? Though I often speak against him, I still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I have great compassion for him, declares the Lord. So in the midst of Israel's sin, God says, my heart is yearning for him. Mm. And that word heart is actually an old word where we get the term bowels. Or in other words, everything within me. Yeah. God's saying, everything within me, my very heart, my bowels, are yearning for my son. Mm -hmm. In the midst of his sin, in the midst of his rebellion and disobedience, God says, my heart is yearning for him. Now we come to the New Testament and we read, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, 6 is the fulfillment of Jeremiah 31, 20. Mm -hmm. God says, because of your sin, my heart is yearning for you. God says in the New Testament, while you're still powerless, I'm going to die for you. Right. And that's the solution. Because, Jody, in the death of Jesus, my sin is put to death. Right. My pornography usage, right. my sexual impurity was all crucified at the cross. Right. It died with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now I'm no longer powerless. Right. Now I've got all the power of the Holy Spirit within me. I can walk upright. I can say no to ungodliness. I can deny my worldly passions. I can deny my own flesh now. Mm -hmm. That's power. Right. And that's the power of the cross. Right. I like how Paul goes on and he kind of contrasts humans, human um, love with his own love, right? Um, and I think this is very helpful because... Um, Wait, say, sorry, say that again. He's contrasting here in the next verses. He says, um, all right, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So this is, I think this is helpful when we're talking about this powerlessness, when we're talking about the struggle, because a lot of times um, we, these, these, these sin struggles are lifelong, right? They, they, we may have gone years and, um, 
And a, a, a husband or a wife might say, yeah, well, in the beginning, sure, you know, when they had done it a, a few times and, and I could tell that they really didn't want to do it anymore, you know, that kind of thing. If they had that kind of attitude, well, I, I would find it easier to forgive them. But gosh, this is like the sixth time, you know, or this is the eighth time, or it's been 30 years like this. I don't know anymore. I really don't think that it, it, this applies to me. And so this is where Paul understands this struggle. God understands that we have these thoughts. And so he says, look, you know, I understand, you know, it's, it's rare that we would die for, for um, a, a person. And, and, but maybe we would for a good person. But I am not like you. I think higher. I am greater. My love is bigger right? Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more where God is concerned. And so he says there, um, he says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And this is such good news because we're all still sinners, but Christ has died for us. He's covered us. His, his lo love and his salvation is not limited by our by the longevity of our struggle, right? That is excellent. Now I see what you were saying. Yes. I was confused in the beginning, but what you're saying here too is to see that the cross reveals the exceeding sinfulness of sin. Yes. Um, it's not a good person whom Jesus dies for. It's the wicked, the ungodly, the powerless, the sinner. Right. Those are all words that describe us. And you know, so often people might want to help the one that's powerless to see really how bad they are. Don't you see how this has hurt everybody? Don't you see how bad this is and how much you're ruining your life and how that's actually not going to help the person truly see the depths of his sin. You know what will? The cross. When we look at the cross, yeah. then we see the exceeding sinfulness of sin. We no longer say, ah, you know what? All men do it. It's just pornography. Come mm -hmm. on. No, we see that that sin put to death the Son of God. It has made me see how horribly sinful my pornography viewing was. Right. It makes me see how horribly sinful my overeating was. Right. My drunkenness, my swearing, my disobedience to, to anything right. becomes exceedingly sinful right. in my eyes when I look at the cross. But not only that, this is the mystery of the cross. It shows me how exceeding sinful my sin was, but it also shows me how forgiven, how accepted, how loved I am. Even as you look at the next couple of verses, it talks about being reconciled, mm. being saved from God's wrath, being accepted in the beloved. All these things happen at the cross. Right. How horribly sinful I am, if, all, if that's all I saw, I would be despairing. I would go, want to go commit Harry Carey. I, I can't get out of this. You're right. It's horrible. But to be shown at the same time that my sin is removed from me, right. that I'm forgiven of it, right. that I'm no longer treated according to it. Right. 
oh my, this, this at the same time hurts me and heals me. It does. And it's not about our worthiness, right? It's not because we're good people. It, God didn't look down and say, oh, now there's a good person. I'll save them. God said, there's a sinner who needs a savior, right? He, he looked at us in our desperate need, in our ugliness, and said, yes, I will save. I will send my beloved son. He will be a sacrifice. This is the power that can undo the devastation that your sin is and wrecks on this world. And when we see ourselves equally as in need of a beautiful Savior, and we look to the cross together and say, there he is saving us. We can receive this salvation. We can experience this amazing love of God because this is what we're longing for. All these sin things that we grasp onto, whether it's food or uh, alcohol or gambling or thrill-seeking or whatever it is that, are, that we're grasping after or comforting ourselves with or trying to fill up our lives with, right? What we're really longing for, we've just misplaced our affections, what we're really longing for is our eternal bridegroom, our savior, the lover of our soul, the real one who sees underneath, who sees the real us and says, I love you. You are wanted. You are precious to me. I choose you. You're mine. I will heal you. I will restore you. I will lift you up. Just come to me. That's what Jesus is for us. That is who our God is. I, I sense so much emotion, so much passion in you as you're saying that. I want to share with our listeners what even your love has done for me. Because I look at this verse and it says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jody, even in the midst of my sin, you <clears throat> have loved me. In the midst of it, I, I still remember, you know, just the exposure of my sin and the devastation and the hurt. I still remember you going in the bathroom and crying, and I could hear you crying your eyes out in the bathroom in our home. And, and yet you, even in the midst of that pain, loved me. And if we were to show that human example as an illustration of while we were still sinners, Christ went to a torture instrument, a cross, and he climbed up on it, if you want to say it that way, and was pierced through with nails because of his passionate love for sinners. Yeah. Your response to me was an illustration of that deep love, that passion of Jesus, who forsaking his Father in heaven, who leaving behind the worship of angels, who leaving all the glories of heaven, came to this earth. I know, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I understand, I do. Right there with you. 
but it's just amazing to me yeah that he wanted me in my sin yeah he wanted our listeners who are hearing us right now need to understand this that the passion of christ meant that he didn't sit up in heaven and say when you get your act together i'll receive you when you clean up then i will forgive you listen we don't need to take a shower before we take a shower Hmm. we don't need to be cleansed in order to come to the cross that's what the cross does right while we were still sinners Christ died for us while Ephraim was still kicking in his blood while he was still rebelling against God God says my heart yearns for you And Jody, this is the way that we restore others who are fallen. We bring this message of a crucified Savior who did not demand our our cleanliness before he came and cleansed us of our sin. He loved us while we were still sinners. He died for us while we were still rebelling against him. And this is the sight that people need to see. Jody, as we bring this to a close now, would you for a minute talk to a a wife as this is going on the United Front course, they're on lesson two today. They're hurting. Maybe they've just now seen what you saw back in the day when you, my sin was exposed to you and you went into that bathroom and you cried your eyes out. Talk to that woman. Help her just now if you would. Yeah. Well, if you are the one who is in the bathroom crying today, I just want you to know that you are being heard. God hears your heart. He catches every one of your tears and he cherishes them. But even more than that, he is there with his arms of healing, ready to receive you. The reason that I was able to come out of the bathroom and show love to Mike is because in the bathroom, in prayer, when I was pouring out my heart to God, he was loving me and healing me. I looked to the cross and I said, Jesus, I see. I see what you suffered. I see my husband's sinfulness has been paid for. You have covered him. Help me to see him covered by you. Help me to look past this moment through eternity and to see him the way that you see him, which is pure and righteous and holy and justified and sanctified and useful. Help me to to believe in the resurrection. Help me to believe in what you are doing in my husband's life and to not give up hope, but to, to press on for your glory. God, help me. And he did. And he will help you too, sister. He will. He will. If you just lift up your heart, your empty, broken heart to him, the Holy Spirit will pour love into it. And this love is not like water. It is not like uh, something that can evaporate and, and disappear. This love is substantial. It fills in all the gaps. It heals all the crevices. It overflows even. This is the kind of love it is. It is it is powerful. It is empowering. It will pick you up 
It will move you forward. It will help you to love and forgive and to have faith that God can do what you cannot, what your husband cannot do. So that's my encouragement to you is just lift up your, your broken heart to Jesus and let him, let him heal it. Receive that healing that he has for you today. Feel, feel the love as it fills your heart. And then you will be able to move forward in grace and in love and compassion and peace because you know it's not going to be up to you to save your husband and it's not up to him to save himself. Jesus has already done it. It's just drawing near to him so that you can experience what he has done. And that's what I'm praying for you. That was so good. And, you know, we we are... It's interesting, as you and I sit here on the couch talking about these things, we're emotional. Um, you know, we've been so long having been restored by the grace of God and the, and the cross of Christ, and yet looking back on it, it brings out these emotions in us. Um, and yet we are doing this for the benefit of those who hear. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so that they can know there is light at the end of this tunnel. Right. We were once where they are. Yeah. Broken, hurting, um, helpless, and hopeless. Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, if you're listening today and you're someone who um, either yourself or your spouse has been long, I mean, years and years and years involved with a sin struggle, don't despair. I'm telling you, longevity is not the problem. The long longevity in the sin struggle is not the problem. It's looking to your Savior and receiving from Him the salvation and sanctification that you want. Because we, had, we get testimonies from men 60, 70 years involved with sexual impurity who have been released. So really, there is no, there's no place where it's too long or it's hopeless. It's just not possible. God is able to save to the uttermost. Speaking of that, I want to read something in closing um, that I received just this morning. We have a communication platform called Discord, and I, just this morning, I just want to read it. Morning, Mike. I want to discover how to win this war. Um, he's, he's saying he's going through the purity course, and he says, The insight and support I received from you all is more than anything I could come up with during 55 years of idolatry. 55 years of idolatry. Right. I'm going to be interviewing another man coming up on the um, 11th, I believe, of November, who is, I believe, around my age, 58, maybe he's older, but he has been all his life ensnared in this and is free indeed now. Mm. He is a mentor with setting captives free and has been for, I think, a year or more. Mm -hmm. um, why? It's not us. It's not setting captives free. Yeah. It's the power of the cross. Amen. That's where all the power is. Absolutely. And so let's close by just simply reading these three verses again. I'm going to read verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Why don't you read verse 7? Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person some might 
someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's the power right, right there. And Jody, I just want to call someone listening to turn to the cross. To just stop for a minute and just turn and look up. You know, when the Israelites were bitten by serpents, the solution was an uplifted pole. And Moses just called everyone to turn and look. That was it. Just turn and look. You didn't have to have a seminary degree to turn and look. Mm. A child could turn and look. And they did. And they did, and they were healed. Yes. Some people might have said, ah, that solution... You know, that's we, we have a serious problem here. We've been bitten by a snake. This is a serious problem. Uh, what do you mean turn and look at an uplifted snake on a pole? But those who did turn and look were cured, were healed of the venom of the snake bite. Right. So we're just fighting, inviting you right now to turn and look. Right. And what you'll see is that Jesus has taken all the impurity away from us. And he's dying under the weight of it. You'll see that he has taken your guilt away from you. He was treated as guilty. And you'll see that he has taken your shame on himself. And as you look there at the cross, see the blood of Jesus. The uh, Old Testament tells us without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Jesus shed his blood. Right. There is forgiveness for you. Amen. And see that blood covering over your sin so that it doesn't have to be your identity anymore. Right. That sin that was committed is covered in the blood of Jesus. It's forgiven in the blood of Jesus, but even more, it's killed. Your sin is killed. It has been destroyed at the cross of Christ. You no longer need to live in it. Amen. You can walk away from it because always look at the cross and be reminded your sin died. Mm -hmm. And you died. Your old person, your old self died. And you are now raised with Christ to a new life. As Jody said, a new heart, a new life, a new spirit, a new hope a new future, a new direction, everything's new. Jody, thank you so much for taking time to uh, spend with me in recounting not only our past, but recounting the power of the cross together. Thank you. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.